Hey guys, it's Kat. So before today's episode starts, I wanted to plug my Patreon. By contributing every month, you'll get access to exclusive episodes and creative content. The funding helps me afford new equipment and a better listening experience for you. The link to that Patreon is going to be www.patreon.com slash I'll leave that link in the description below, but if uninterested, enjoy today's episode. Bye. Test, test, one, two, three. Test, test, one, two, three. Hey guys, welcome to Brain Food. This is episode of six of season three, and we just had to restart. And I feel pretty bad about it because Trisha told a beautiful story, mm-hmm. and she's gonna have to retell it again. <sighs> <laughs> but today we're talking about depression. Sorry about my goofy ass headphones. I I need to get new ones. I think. Why? Do they look funny? No, I just think it's funny to say that because I just love like ragged on you. All right. Yeah. Because I I want to get the cool ones that like Joe Rogan. Doctor Dre beats not sponsored (laughs) not sponsored i need sponsors though dr dre if you're watching this i never emailed those cookie women remember those ladies gave us cookies they were health insurance but i I don't know the name i love cookie monster chip i love cookie crunchlet trips (laughs) wait what were those things called chortles did you have chortles in elementary school no but i love chortling like like my favorite little giggle i have but yeah, today we're going to talk about depression. So I feel like we should open up with that FIT story. Oh, yeah. If we're going to be yeah, completely yeah, yeah. honest, like I have a platform here and we can get into our other shit. But like we need to talk about the elephant in the room or the elephant that hit bro. the tree. <laughs> Not funny. Not funny. So basically we go to FIT. Yes. And I think I'm going to make a clip of this because honestly, like more people need to talk about it like people are posting it on their instagram stories and like hey like this happened and this was fucked up but it's all disconnected yeah Nothing it's coming not together to like actually make a difference it's just individuals saying things about it and they're saying the same things about it like okay so basically me and trisha both live here and mark lives here mark's over there yeah that's mark <laughs> mark's here so we dorm here so basically between 7th and 8th avenue like it's all closed off for the most part on weekends they'll open the gate but people live here like when school is not in session and security i mean if we're gonna be honest they're kind of a pain in the ass for the most part yeah. but they're, they're generally d- mediocre yeah like mostly, they- mostly it's just for um appearances to tell parents like hey your kids are coming to school here and they're so safe because look the place is crawling with cops not real cops paul blart montclaps clops <laughs> um, cyclops no like i mean they do their job but like put them in this situation where actual danger was happening no they're They'll pretty just, useless because they are just people they're not police officers no. they're not like they're minimally trained like they're getting paid 15 dollars an hour to just sit like i've seen people or i've walked in from work when i used to work at oscar wilde mm-hmm. it was like three in the morning they'd just be there like they have like overnight staff yeah. where they sit there and do nothing, nothing. nothing for hours so basically what was it two weeks ago three weeks ago mm, yeah a few weeks ago so I didn't connect the pieces until I heard it Mm -hmm. and like I knew what had happened. So I was getting ready for the gym at like I woke up at five. I was getting ready for the gym and sometimes like I'll hear like a little clash outside and it just sounds like whatever someone's doing construction on a car or like whatever it is. And I go outside and it was like five. It was like six when I went out. I didn't hear any cop cars. Did you guys hear cop cars? No, I didn't. Um, So I go outside and there's like ambulances, there's cop cars. And so basically what had happened is this guy 
we don't know if he's a student, if he was whatever, but associated with the school. FIT said that they were not FIT affiliated, so not a model who'd modeled, not a teacher, not a previous student. But um, that's questionable. It is. I mean, not to dog on the school, but like honestly, like you guys need to be a little bit better. Like we're paying a lot of money to go here, and mm-hmm. it is just safety wise, yeah. education wise, perfecto. Yeah. You've got that down. But resident life here is very unsafe at times. Like how many they don't times talk to each other? There's no communication between departments. No security don't they don't talk to each other. Some have they like you know they'll ask you for different things if you have somebody overnight. Like it's there's yeah. just a huge disconnect between people here, and it does. It, you know, it's a branch of SUNY, so it is a public college, technically. Yeah. That's why it's a lot cheaper than most art schools. But they, you can tell, by that, the way, Res yeah. Life is, is put together. Horrible. It's awful. So, I mean, they are pretty good about people staying overnight. Like, they will, like, you really have to, like, get under their skin to, like, really... Mm-hmm whatever let somebody stay here because they're pretty like no the first time even if you do everything right and then they're like okay show id show this show this and then they'll let it happen like i've never had a time where like oh i'm bringing my friend up and they just show their id and they're like okay you can go like it's a whole thing so that's pretty good i don't know about the other halls but nagler is pretty good uh it's a huge ordeal in co-ed and they're kind of mean about it yeah I'd rather them be mean about it than just let somebody in. Yeah. Because NYU had somebody well, do that and they killed themselves. Like somebody jumped off the building. Well, so, speak, of, speak of the devil. Speak of the devil. So I go outside and basically this guy had like gone. I don't know how this happened. Because how many times have you shown your ID and they're like, ID? They, <laughs> they ask for it, like multiple security staff officers whatever they're called they ask for it if you show it to one they all have to see it yeah like i don't know how this man got into the building because uh a Maybe. man snuck into the building uh essentially i don't know how he didn't show id obviously um he just ran i guess security just let him in and then he went up to the eighth floor so there's the eight or nine floors he went up to the roof access outran however many security guards were chasing him and fucking killed himself and jumped off the roof like I don't blame the school for it because it's not like they asked for that to happen. But at the same time, like he should never have been able he, to get into yeah. that roof because how if he was he was either FIT affiliated and they lied and he knew where that was because he's been here before where mm-hmm. the door was or he had enough time on that floor to, to know find it, Yeah, which in either case, they either lied or they let him be there for way too long before yeah. going to check it out because apparently an alarm went off on the door and that's what they yeah went up to look for yeah. so he was un um undetected he went undetected for a very long time sorry detected l detected l detected, l detected. <laughs> but no like i went outside and there was there was like a lot of cop cars and like they made it out to seem like this guy was homeless or something yeah and it, uh, there but was they knew like his exact age so he had an id on him so I go outside and there's like um like an older woman woman and like a family, obviously this guy's family. Like you I don't saw his family? Yeah, like there were people like fucking crying outside. I didn't that know had that. to have been his family. There's no way that you'd like if I feel like if when we walk past like homeless people or like somebody's passed on the floor, as much as it's fucked up, we kinda walk by it. Yeah. Like we do because we mind our own business. Like I I, I think they knew who they he knew was. who he was. Do you think they knew him? It had As to have been family because they were crying like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, no, on the do you side. think the school knew who he was? Mm, they do now, maybe after. 
I don't know if he was affiliated with the school, but I, I if if you if my first week here you told me oh go to the roof I would have no fucking idea where that no. was no like no. it was it's pretty unlikely that he's never been here before no in my opinion yeah so maybe as a guest so maybe that was bad that was really bad but and what was worse was the email they sent out from student success yeah so you you tell this part so um the next day I woke up at probably eleven because you know I'm a absolute menace to society I'm mm-hmm. crazy you can't take me anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I look in my emails, I check my email, and there's an email from Student Success. And usually I'm not, like, going to read through these entire emails, but I saw in, like, you know, the beginning portion of it, they were like, blah, 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 snuck into the building, blah, 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 Feldman, jump. Bruh. And I saw some buzzwords in there, and I was like, what's happened? And it was from Student Success, and they, in this email, it was a very long, convoluted email, and essentially it, like, um, it was very thematically written. Like, it was written, like, like a you script. Know, like a script. It was like the man snuck into Feldman. He got past the security officers. They, you know, chased after him to the roof of the building. He, like, bolted out onto the roof. He looked back at them, and then he made a running jump off the roof. Like, it was very, very, like, they made it out to seem like cops had, like, been called immediately off the bat. Security had been there, like, as soon as it had Cause happened. Because I walked out at 6, and I heard that. that was nothing of the sort. I think the police were called afterwards, yeah. and none of the articles that uh, go with the event uh, correlate Did with the email. Was there news coverage? Yeah. There was a few articles about it, like a couple, and some of them say that um, police were there trying to get him to not jump. Some of them say that... It's just all different. It's all different, and I don't know which report is real. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle, but regardless, uh, the email did not do, do it justice. A, do it justice at all. No. And um, FIT... You know, it's an art school, so we're all mentally ill. <laughs> they, they were like, so if any of you guys are struggling with mental illness or if this is triggering, um, you can see a counselor from 12 to 3. That's crazy. They gave, they gave a three-hour window for you to go and, like, talk to them. My Otherwise, you're on your own. All right. I got, I'll give you 45 minutes. I give you 10 minutes, At and best. I'm going to talk to you about your grades. <laughs> you got a B, and I think that you could do better. Yeah. Mom dead or not? Mm-mm. No excuse. No. No excuse. Huge L. L detected. L detected. But like, I think what opened our eyes a little bit, like that happening was bad enough. The email was pretty bad. It was the week following while, like, did any of your teachers talk about it? No. None of my teachers talked about it. You? Nobody? One of mine did. One of yours did? Okay. That's, that's a little better. Cause yeah. n- none of ours did. None of and, and we have, we take what? Seven, eight classes? Not one. So... I don't know if it's a, a thing where like they're not allowed to talk about it or because they knew the guy or it's just like an ongoing investigation. But a month has passed, right? Yeah. And we month. still know nothing. I think like it was it was just so messily handled. Yes. It was disorganized. And again, that's a product of the fact that none of the departments communicate. Um, it, it was in shambles. I assume when that happened, like, I can't imagine if it was this disorganized on like an average day, imagine after like an event like that, Yeah, you know, security's trying to talk to administration, like staff is trying to understand what's happening. Students saw it happen. There were a few students that saw it. We, people heard it. People looked out their windows and saw it. I mean, I can't even like, that is like, out of all the ways you can die, that is the worst way to see someone die. Like falling? Yeah. Like after that. Because you can see the whole thing. Yeah. Like... I don't think anybody was like, oh, like, unless there are people going to work, but like, like seeing him fall. Yeah. No, they, think, people saw him fall. Like jump off. Yeah. 
oh fuck. there were a few people because you know i mean it was about it was like 5 a.m so it's not like a time where like nobody would be out there were yeah. people who like you know work out or i mean that's do, what i was doing or I, maybe they're getting off a night shift yeah i mean i was i was on my way to work when i got that email like i just thought like he got shot or something like that's what i thought i thought someone got mugged and shot and like that's what happened like reading that and being like oh that's what that noise was yes that's like, what people were saying i remember hearing that yeah or, you know i heard us like scream or but i feel like as a college or university you should have like a little meeting as a school like not every single student but in groups in an assembly sort of situation or at least an assembly right like hey if you if you're struggling with suicide, maybe we should do this episode about suicide. Maybe. I think so. I think so, too. Because I was like, mm, depression, but like, I think this suicide's goes a bad one. That. Yeah. Because this man was, that he knew what he wanted to do and he did it. Yeah. I mean, even like a couple days after that with that girl fucking stabbing the security guard. Like, I th- that's why like my whole thing is about mental health. Like, not that what I'm doing is has like this great major change on society, but like, I feel like we hear it, like, when we first heard it, like, damn, that's crazy. And then we just move on. Like, that's insane. That, like, somebody died and it was just, like, I mean, you know, life moves on. But at the same time, to, like, not even discuss it and have, like, these flaky-ass emails from, like, the people that were spending all of this money to go to school here. Like, that are kind of, like, telling us we have mandatory, like, they're giving us, like, a mandatory safety. Yeah. Like, what, what happens if... This guy went into one of the dorms. That's what I'm saying. Like, like, he was able to get into that building so easily. It makes you wonder what other areas of the campus he could get into. Yeah. What he, if he hadn't have wanted to hurt himself, he could have hurt other That's people. That's what I'm saying. Very easily. Like, suicidal people are the some of the most dangerous people because they just do, they have lost any sort of, like, care in the world about what the fuck they're going to mm-hmm. do. Like, that guy could have easily walked into, like there's there's bedrooms on the first floor here yeah like they could have like he could have just walked in like not even went upstairs and like hurt somebody damn you hear that it's for me they hear They're it coming for us they heard the us fatties are coming for us hello fatty <laughs> fatty how about you no i can't no i can't <laughs> no every time me and trisha we say bye to each other we go bye fatty bye fatty we won't do the other part though no it's too much it's too much have you ever dealt with a suicide in your high school or school yeah 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 you want to talk about it yeah so there was this girl in my school who um i didn't know her very well but um i had heard that somebody had committed suicide and i was like oh my gosh that's awful obviously i was like did i know this person and i saw her and she looked very familiar and i realized of literally a few weeks before uh, she'd killed herself. I'd had like a conversation with her at like a birthday party. I'd, I'd attended like a friend's birthday party and she was a mutual. Oh my God. And I'd had like a, like a, I'd talked to her like a full, full blown conversation. And so I thought about it and I was, you know, I, I wondered like if there was anything I could have said at that point or maybe interacted with her yeah. more or like gotten her number and talked to her. That's what sucks about suicide. It's so, I mean, I didn't know her well enough to expect it. Have you had anyone like in your family or like someone like you knew? I've had I had three happen in the same year and that is the only time it has ever happened to me. No, I haven't had any like friends who've done it, I don't think. Or like parents or like you knew like friends, parents or family. No, not in my life. Yeah. I mean, I I'll I'll talk about Yeah, you Yeah. 
I had this, my best, my childhood best friend, her dad killed himself when I was a sophomore and she was a freshman. And that has probably been like, it's such a weird feeling. I don't even know how to explain it because it's like, it, it sucked because it really like to have a parent go like that is like, that is not like my mom's mom died no. from cancer when she was like 19, That's 20. The kind of per- it's because when a parent does it, it's the person that you expect to have the most stability and yeah. to bring you stability through that, through their own. Yeah. So when they do that, it makes you question every your whole life because if they can't see the good in things, why should you? Yeah. I mean, being a hundred percent honest, like when that happened, she went to one of my volleyball games and it was like nothing happened. Like she was in that amount of shock and she was for months. And I, it like, I, I grew up with him. Like I wouldn't consider him a second father, but like he, if we had more time, like that's what our relationship Mm -hmm. was like. And there were warning signs, but like maybe it's hard to like be like, mm, what are the warning signs? Because there aren't any, and they aren't consistent ever. Exactly, hindsight is twenty twenty. You could say, oh, this was a warning sign, but everybody's warning signs will be different. Oh, sometimes a sign, and somebody will not be a sign, and somebody else. Yeah, I mean, it really depends, and you've kind of got to know the person pretty well to see anything, and even then, yeah. sometimes you won't. Like, looking back, like, oh, that was a warning sign. But when you're in it and when it's happening, you have Mm -mm. no idea. Like, uh, you, like, I I had started to notice that he was, you know, kind of falling off the edge a little bit, but not to that extent. Yeah, I would, I was. Not irreplaceable, or irreparably. So it was, wait, let me move back. It was October 2019. And that happened. And then I was on a volleyball uh, team with this girl. And then her mom killed herself, like, within two weeks That's crazy. of that happening. Like, it, it was just, like... And then our school, like... I won't say they did a good job, but they did a fucking better job than this school did. Like, I feel like because our town... I wasn't close-knit with the families and kids there, but, like, for the most part, the whole school kind of was. Like, they knew yeah. this person. Because she was part of PTA. She was part mm, of the volleyball oh, team. Wow. Like... She was a cop. She was a Long Island, like, I think she was an NYPD cop. And then she was oh, like, wow. I so was like, knew her. yes. And then ugh, like, I don't even, I don't want to talk about like what happened, but like it, the way I want to talk about like the way it's handled, because it could be a lot better, especially like schools, like schools. I don't want to like blame them for it because it's hard to like talk, mm-hmm. gen- like to generally talk about that. And when there's so many people at the school, it's hard to f- you know focus on people who might be yeah at risk yeah like i get that i totally get that because it's very easy to be like why didn't the school do anything about it i but mean how, i do how get it they? a school is compiled of individuals who are just people at the end of the day yeah and Numbers. everybody thinks it's somebody else's d- duty to like find that yeah i mean but then on the other hand you also don't want to be like mm, they should have gone to someone because like that's the last fucking thing they want to do is talk to somebody about it it's a really complicated issue because it's, you want them to come to somebody but you don't know what yeah. might happen or you know how that's going to affect them if they you know if they have to get hospitalized yeah. and being hospitalized like i've i was suicidal when i was 14 mm-hmm. but i was never like consistently in that place i was in that place for like two months yeah and that was the only time i've ever felt like damn like i, I want to die like and I've never been able to replicate that feeling. I never want to. No, I feel you on that. Yeah. Like, have you ever dealt with that? Like, yeah. kid, or adolescent? Uh, t- 
Well, in sixth grade, yeah, I wanted to die. I like didn't smile or eat for like two months, basically. Um, and then more recently, and I think it was junior year. Um, Wait, hold the mic closer to your mouth. Hello. Hello. Yeah, Hello? there you go. Oh, it was just stuck on something. Yeah. But yeah, um, in junior year, I dealt with it for like probably um, four months. Yeah. Like for a while, it was consistent. Like I had a plan. I was like writing notes out to people. Yeah. Um, what I'd, do you like, think got you out of that? Because that could be beneficial. Because it might not be the same for everybody, but like if you just give them like a. Because I have one. If if, if you want to think about it. To be honest, it was a specific like it was specific people in a specific situation that were yeah affecting me in that way that I couldn't get away from and I felt very trapped and I felt like the only way to get out of it was was that was that and yeah to some extent it was yeah um but summer came. And it got me away from that certain situation. And so I was able to, like, put distance. So physical distance helps if the reason yeah. is a, f- a physical reason. I think I think mine was, like, being hospitalized. That did it. Like, that was, like, mm, I feel this way. I feel this way. I want somebody to help me. But, like, deep down, I just wanted my parents to help me. But I was also, like so stubborn and so confused i was like no i don't want your help yeah like it needed like a higher force than my parents Mm -hmm. or even doctors like it needed like a cop coming into my house and being like oh shit like this is an actual real thing that i have to deal with that is a consequence of my actions Mm -hmm. and it Mm -hmm. it that scared the fuck out of me you'd be like oh shit maybe i don't want to die because this is how i'm treated you know in the reverse i'll ask you a question how do you how do you typically deal with those feelings like well, how do you express them like while a minute or yeah because i tend to shut down i don't want help from anyone um i, I get, internalize and then my like inner echo chamber like the negative thoughts just keep bouncing around and it gets worse and worse and worse until i spiral i get very volatile mm, we're the opposite then yeah i get extremely volatile harsh like verbally borderline verbally abusive mm-hmm. because i just anybody who tries to help me like even though i am literally like i want your help i'm like fuck you i don't want any of your help you can't help me but like that's literally my way of asking for help it's just acting as crazy as possible so somebody does pin me down yeah because i i can't ask for it myself Because you feel so out of control as like a very because you're a very strong personality yeah and that makes sense that you would express it that way but you need somebody, you feel like you need somebody stronger to like yes. pin it down. Because if you are not in control of you, you feel like nobody can control you. Yeah. That's the kind of person you are. Yes. It, it, it took, because I got to the point where I started getting bigger than my father. And my father is mm-hmm. a big man. Like, not like huge, but like, look at me. Look how tall I am. Look how yeah. beefy. Like, it took my, it got to a point where like, I wasn't stronger or as strong as my father. But it took, it was a hassle for him to get me to get down yeah like he would have to hold me down yeah. sometimes just for him to be like stop shut up like on all fours like holding me down yeah. because i was just breaking everything in sight and like it was it it, it wasn't even a fact of like what i was suicidal i was just i hated my life i hated myself and you just like couldn't even you hated it so much you had to like get it out yes because it was because the hate was so um, strong i feel that because i also get very deeply angry when yeah I'm depressed resentful like, resentful of everyone around me of almost I, there was a point where i was like resentful to my parents for even having me yeah like, i just felt like a deep hatred and anger towards them because i existed wait i'm checking Ooh, we gotta stop at 25 yeah. we gotta take a break at 25 but okay. on that point like 
Yeah, I just I need somebody stronger than me. Yeah. Because I because I'm so stubborn because I'm so like nobody help me. I hate all of you. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like I literally need somebody to be like don't fucking talk to yeah, me like, like no, that. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you because so when I get like that, I'm a scary individual. Mm-hmm. And I haven't acted like that probably since I was 16. But when I do get like that, I, there you could shoot me in the face and I would still keep going. Yeah. Like I'm just like that. You're like um the chicken man in Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, how <laughs> much time are we at? Let's see. I feel like this is a really good episode this that we're talking solid, about. Yeah. Episode. All right. So we're going to take a quick break because I have 25 time limit. So we'll be back in like literally well for Rock you two on. seconds. All right. We're back. Hello. So we decided we're going to talk a little bit about um, like that universal experience that we had yeah. with the suicidal friend. Yeah. Especially at a young age, because when we were young, social media wasn't a thing yet. It no. became a thing at like 12. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. It was a thing, but it was not nearly as, like, integral to the child experience yes. as it is now. Which well, I'm so grateful. Me too. Like, because I look at, like, my sister and, like, she's only two years younger than me, but she had access. Not as much. Yeah. Our age, I think, is or our age group is the last group, I think, to have not have had, like, access to, like, a tablet at, like, mm-hmm. a super young age. Like, yeah. I was still playing outside and stuff until, like... Yeah. And you plus, know, you lived in, like, Virginia. Yeah, so... You got woods. I got woods. I you got, got trees oceans. and citrus. No, no. Do you have oceans? No, I Virginia was in Beach? the woods. No, fuck Virginia Beach. If you like Virginia Beach... You... Oh, careful. <laughs> so, how about you talk about your universal experience first? Okay. And then I can go. So, I think um, any any person who's watching this and, like, cares about mental health, you are probably mentally ill or an ally, and in which case... Um, I love you. You've dealt with a friend who's had these feelings before. Mm-hmm. Um, and oftentimes, you know, if they're talking to you about how they're feeling in the situation, it can be overwhelming because you don't know exactly what the right thing to say would be. Mm-hmm. Especially, you know, your young- mental health and all those, you know, the hormones start kicking in around like puberty. So yeah. when you're 12 or 13, like middle school, middle school, you don't really know how to deal with a friend being like, oh, I'm cutting myself and I kind of want to die yeah it's difficult if you're not dealing with that exact same if you are dealing with that exact same thing you're probably just you know echo chambering between the two of you and making it worse for each other yeah so you know at 12 i was talking a friend out of suicide out of suicide and i didn't even know what that meant really yeah i didn't know what self-harm was until i saw a girl older than me talking about it and had it and i was like "Hmm, that's a good idea actually yeah like because at that age like you have no coping mechanisms no at all your coping mechanism is being a stupid child and like putting the thoughts out of your head yeah so i think for you i think i was that friend yeah for an extended amount of time in middle school like i was this is my personal experience and to generalize this fuck you if you generalize this but i was doing it for attention yeah i was and people were telling me that i was like fuck you you're right Mm -hmm. Because, like, when I was in middle school, I had no friends. And, like, when I say no friends, like, no friends. And the friends that I did have from elementary school and childhood, like, in my head, I was like, no, like, I just want the popular kids to like me. Which is an asshole move, but also I was 12. So, 
I was just like, no, nobody talked to me. So like these popular kids who had like $10 million houses and like fucking so much money were like, "Mm, we want nothing to do with you. And I was just like, wow, I have no friends. So I actually caused myself to have no friends Mm -hmm. in middle school. So I like resorted to like being chronically online and like watching literally youtube for like 12 hours a day and it was probably youtube videos only encouraging your yes. thoughts like it, it was probably i mean the algorithm on any social media platform is to feed into whatever you're interested in in the moment and so if what you're interested in happens to be being severely mentally ill and a child it's gonna feed you that it's gonna feed you that and it's gonna encourage it mm-hmm. and it's not gonna encourage you to get better onision you ruined my Onision. life shane dawson you ruined my life you guys ruined it like genuinely you ruined my body image you ruined my well there was help my humor that, but the my humor, humor helped the yeah humor helped. but i would go to school and like have like visible cuts mm-hmm. oh trigger warning sorry yeah. visible like cuts on my wrist ice on my wrist uh, on my wrist broccoli okay but yeah i had a friend like that and i would uh, but the thing was like I wasn't going to anybody for help like I it was like people that I didn't interact with where I was like you don't know me these popular kids who know me who are treating me like shit like I don't want their help I I just I just I need attention or else like I literally hated myself so much during that time I didn't hate myself in elementary school and I didn't hate myself in high school I hated myself in middle school and that sucked and I think everyone really kind of did to some extent yeah some people were more extreme and I I think I hated myself because people bullied me so bad I started to believe it like fundamentally I hate nothing about myself yeah it was only once people started to bully me I hated myself because I thought like "Mm, well maybe my parents are wrong yeah and what everybody's saying is a lie so I started to fucking hate the world and when you start to hate the world that's when you start to get in that dark place yeah and you start to be like "Mm, I hate the world I hate myself I want this all to end and I'm gonna tell everyone that I'm gonna do it because Mm -hmm. I want them to feel bad for what they've done to me yeah yeah or I want somebody to care yeah because my parents cared but I didn't I didn't that's not who I wanted to care no and also, like, at that age, like, yo, fuck my parents. Whatever they say is wrong. So I started, like, you know, really, like, literally visibly being like, hey, you made me cut myself. Hey. Like, and being that manipulative yeah. little shit that I was. But, like, at the same time, like, you have to poop? I have to poop. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, just one break. Okay. <laughs> one. Okay. Trisha's fart's over. Yeah, it was a blood fart. <sighs> All right, tell, before we start over, tell that story about what happened yesterday. Okay. So PSA, for those of you who don't know, uh, I have a chronic illness. And called so Crohn's. It's no. called um, being awesome. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's called ulcerative colitis, so my body is basically like, oh my gosh, I think what we have to do is we have to make your colon like super irritated when you get stressed out and make you blood fart and of shit like all the time. And so it did. And so yesterday, um, you know, I was in my night class, my night painting class. And I felt the urge and I was like, okay, work. Like, we're going to go blow up Pomerantz. Um, <laughs> and so I walk, I sped walk to Pomerantz bathroom. I was already in the building. And I opened the door and there's this girl coming out of the stall and she looks at me and she goes, oh my gosh, I love your outfit. And I was like, thanks. And then <laughs> I had like this punch in the gut feeling and I was like, oh, it's happening like ASAP. So no Rocky. Uh, I like bolted into the stall, like closed the door super quick. And while this girl was washing her hands, I let out the most like, like the loudest, most evil 
like bout of diarrhea that you could ever imagine it was loud the fart was like 10 seconds long with like shit splattering everywhere like to be graphic about it it was wild and i can only imagine what this girl's like reaction must have been as she was washing her hands because she was dead silent and i was certainly not dead silent like you're so pretty it was so (laughs) it was so loud and like violent that i can only imagine that it crossed the line from like funny into like concerning like like she must have been like get me don't go uh, I can only imagine she must have been a little concerned. Like, damn, like she's going is she okay? Something. And I was going through something. It was, and it wasn't much blood that time. It was mostly. Do you actually? Is it blood? Yeah, often. You know, whenever you say that, I feel I thought you were joking. No, when I say, oh, I'm gonna go go, go blood fart. That's real. <laughs> that's real and honest behavior from me. I love you, Trisha. I love you too. Oh my god. Okay. Anyway, so back, back to, to suicide. Back to suicide. You should do it. No, I'm no. <laughs> no Dude, just kidding. Blood farts will make you wanna. No, for real. But what were we talking about? We were on. Um, we were talking about me being that friend. Yeah, you were the friend, and I was the friend who did the comforting. Yeah. Because you were the type to externalize it, and I was the type to internalize, internalize it. it. So talk about your experience, because I'm very violent. Yeah. So, um, the way I would express needing help is. <laughs> basically not asking for it and shutting down fully um and rejecting it when people offered it to me so basically the worst way that you can imagine yeah coping with it so if i was like in a very very bad place mentally i'm like i would super self-isolate um i would basically just like lock myself away in my own little in my own little uh mind in my room um keep to myself my parents were really concerned, but if they did get concerned, they would, you know, hit me up with a text. Hey, don't do it. We're here if you need to talk to us, if you're depressed or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, thanks. I love And then you. I would self-isolate again. Right. Um, but at the same time, I would be helping my friends who don't do that. Yeah. So it was just like the worst overstimulation mm-hmm. of emotion you could my possibly wor- my have. Because my worst... Um, nightmare was like having my shit like out there in public and so um, I would pretend to be perfectly fine and I was very good at pretending at school and stuff and I would come for my friends over text and then you know I would just like you know lay down and rot yeah was there like an event that happened that just pushed you over the edge into that place or was it just very like at a stable pace and it, it progressively got there um like to the suicidal yeah um so very funny story not really though (laughs) um i like revisited a very very negative memory like a very negative memory was brought back to me Mm -hmm. for some reason it was triggered and so uh everything that i did or saw and everything every time i closed my eyes i relived this memory oh my god i know exactly what you're talking about um not like a ptsd almost I don't know because it didn't last forever. It still happens sometimes. No, but when when you're in a dark place and something like that happens, it retriggered. It, it is so extreme. And I stopped being able to sleep. I couldn't. Oh eat. my god! I know exactly. Like I couldn't. I couldn't like do anything without thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And it just pushed me into such a negative state of mind because it felt like I couldn't escape it. Yes. Like I could not escape the thoughts. I could not escape like um, the situation. <laughs> Mark's opening the window. Love that. Um, and it was so bad and it was so, it felt like it was permanent. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. So that makes me feel so much better. Mm -hmm. 
Because if that makes me feel better, anybody who's listening, that's going to make them feel yeah. better. Because you just vocalize that in such a way where it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it's it feels like you're trapped in your own head and your own situation. And it doesn't even, like, it almost felt useless to express it because I felt like nobody could ever get it, get it or help me because I was like, well, this is me. This is me. And this is a situation I'm never going to be able to get out of because it happened and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. So what's the point of sharing? Yeah. And that pushed me. I was like, what's the point of even living then? Yeah. It was a traumatizing event that just kept like a little snippet of it. It was like the worst, imagine the worst moment of your life, the scariest, most traumatic memory ever just on repeat all the time when you close your eyes or when you try to sleep every blank somebody pumps into you in the hallway you think about it you sit down in class and you you know look at the board there's a word up there that reminds you of it Uh, when i was 15 i had a friend who was a lot older than me and i didn't know that he had a crush on me i didn't know that he liked me and at that point i was drinking pretty heavily and he didn't he drove me everywhere and we were really close friends and i didn't know that he liked me and I got really, really, really drunk. And this was like the first time I had mm-hmm. ever seen him like drink or like he just didn't do drugs. He didn't drink. He didn't do anything. And he got really drunk. And this subject came up of like, oh, I like you. And me being like, eh, let's next topic. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like next episode of Green Food. Ne- <laughs> <laughs> and I blacked out and I woke up and he was on top of me and trying to, you know, just do shit with me but he he didn't it wasn't rape and it wasn't really sexual assault i don't really put it in that book Mm -hmm. it was just that feeling of like betrayal and being scared and like get off of me no i get it and it because he didn't do anything it was he was about to though that's the thing that was it's very similar to the memory i had yeah and i would for weeks after that i was in i was in a place like that i was like 14 turning 15 and i was in it's like you're in that in the place again i would physical place and my friends were there and they were recording it when it happened laughing at me and like oh like get it get it like and to this day it's over it happened it was fucked up i still talk to those people i'm at good terms but for a 15 year old being there the next morning and explaining like that was really like messed up scary and like i'm still scared right now and i don't want to see him I kicked him out of my house when he did that. And I was still fucking blackout drunk. And they were like, no, like he didn't do anything. I said, you were recording it. So go into your phone right now and show it to me. And like they were, I think they were just so ashamed because they, I I don't think they genuinely knew that. How bad it was in the moment. So I don't, I don't hold it against them for that. But for that in a 15 year old, 15 year old mind, them being like, you're lying. And then feeling that way. And then starting to like, so nobody i know exactly the feeling because um nobody else around me took mine seriously yeah and it felt like i was crazy because why why did nobody else think it was as serious as i felt yeah to be because physically i would close my eyes and i would scream sometimes physically i i just like um i would cringe Mm-hmm. Mm. like i'd physically like cringe or like 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 yeah and And twitch away i mean i still like how many times you try to touch me and i'm like that yeah i used to be like that yeah i'm still like that and And i think it's gonna take a long time for me to not be like that maybe i'll always be like that because mine happened when i was a lot younger i've had a lot more time to like 
confront it confront it well the thing was i i'm the type again to internalize mm-hmm. and so the thing the thing that really pushed me over the edge into this mental state was because i didn't even know what had happened until that moment yeah the moment that it was triggered and then suddenly like all of these memories came flooding back and i was like yeah well and and we look back at it now like that was so fucked up yeah and for years i didn't think that it was me neither because as an adult like i am still a virgin Mm -hmm. and like i don't get intimate with people i don't like it's very unsettling for me to like have affection like that and i think it's a direct cause of some like that time period no absolutely yeah and i'd never want to be like "Mm, it's, it's his fault it, it, it is and it isn't because we were both drunk. We were being stupid teenagers. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the stuff that progressed after that was what fucked me up. Because that night, the night before that happened, I had told him about something similar that happened to me when I was 13. And how I was like, I trust you because you're the first guy that I've been friends. Yeah. And then he literally did that the next day. Yeah. And I was like, I became so severely suicidal after that. Like, not even by cutting myself, just doing heavy drugs with the hope that maybe I won't w- wake yeah. up tomorrow. I was stuck with this person as well. Yeah. Because I had to go to high with school with him still. Yeah. He had to drive me home from school every day still. Like, so it was like, I'm seeing this person all the time and there's I nothing can. I can do about it. And everybody around me, we were in a friend group and they were like, cat, like just like literally said, just get over it. And I, I, I again, I don't hold a, that against those people. We were fucking, we were, we were yeah. kids. But at the same time, like it fucked me up as no, a person. It will, it will. And then when I, even when I got sober, like I, I think I was even worse with touch. I still, I think I'm more, I'm getting better. Like I'm good with you and I'm good with Elise, but like romantically that is not something i'm going to touch for a very long time and that's so valid considering what happened yeah i mean i'm it's not even necessarily that i'm like super comfortable with it Mm -hmm. it's just that i realized like i just i can't let this person ruin it for me yeah or even like win like take over your life and how you make decisions like i mean i got coffee with him over winter break mm -hmm. we we didn't talk about it but two years had passed three years had passed and i'm like listen dude like i was 15 and you were 18 17 years old like it's fine like you didn't ruin my life yeah like look look you know, at you low did in that moment you like you low-key like that was fucked up but whatever i've done some shit obviously not <laughs> that but i've said some shit i've done some shit i've ruined people's lives for the most part when i was that age mm-hmm. and like those people forgive me. I forgive him. It's fine. But I, I think, what what do we take out of this? What do we take out of this? What did you take out of it? As an adult now, how do you look back on that situation and be like, hey, things work out and everything's going to be okay? I'm not really, I don't feel like I'm old enough to really relate to like older people who are having those thoughts. Because mm-hmm. as when you're a teenager and you're living at home and you're stuck in like, a high school setting or like even an early college setting it's a very very different there's different reasons to be suicidal yeah like for me i felt trapped i was stuck in my house i couldn't i had no control over my life i had no control over anything Mm. but um for me i mean to be honest coming to new york and away from the person and the people that were connected to the situation and the environment that was connected to this situation helped helped so immensely and it Mm. gets worse when i go home me too much worse like back in the place how did winter break treat you 
badly. Me too. Like it really wrecked me. Yeah. I, I was crying every day while I was I there. I wasn't crying, but I was so uncomfortable all the time. I, I started drinking a lot. <laughs> me. Very bad. Sorry. Don't do that. Don't. Um, don't do that. I didn't have access to alcohol when I was like younger and going through all of this. I did start smoking at that time though because I couldn't sleep anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I need to start smoking. But I had alcohol this time. So it was fun. Party hurry. No. I would just drink alone in my room and then go to sleep. (laughs) Me as fuck. Me me AF. Me AF. um, Coming back, I was like, the environment is so integral. Like night and day. Like, I know it's going to a different place and like changing your scenery isn't going to fix the problem because the problem is within you. Mm -hmm. But it sure fucking helps. It definitely helps, helps, yeah. It sure fucking helps. Like, when people say go take a walk, like, go take a real long walk. If you're really sad. Yeah, find like, a new environment. Find, find a new environment that you can just hang out in without... You're so right for that. Like, it's not going to fix the problem. You're always... I'm not going to say it's going to, like, fix ever even. Like, I'm still dealing with those feelings. Yeah. I still struggle. Like, I I don't trust people, mm-hmm. really. I'm really extroverted, it seems, to everyone around me. But, like, I don't trust people. Yeah, me and Trish are very polar opposites. Because mm-hmm. I'm introverted on the outside once you get to know me i'm extra extroverted i just i i don't but we both don't trust people i don't trust them but you know changing that scenery going somewhere else meeting new people even yeah literally like even like i'm the type of person who needs a new job every Mm -hmm. couple of months because i just when i become too routine i start to feel trapped well monotony will make you snag stagnate Yes, and and when you're stagnant and you feel like nothing is changing, you feel like nothing will ever change, and yeah. that goes for the negative and the positive and the positive. And you know, you might be happy about the positive. Maybe you love the friends you have, or you're in a nice relationship. But the negative will be so overpowering the more you stagnate. So you need to keep moving forward. Yeah, because um, that's why PTSD is so difficult. You can talk about that in another episode. You probably yeah. have, but um, it's you know reliving the same thing so it's like you're always stagnating and every prog- piece of progress that you make will put you back yeah a, be- a bunch of steps so I'm, i mean moving that, forward yeah moving forward is the most like detrimental thing for growth because a lot of people have in their head oh if i go to the gym oh if i eat really healthy no, like no. you're still doing the same thing every day to some level like that's why like i stopped being vegan after yeah. i started going to the gym more because then it, because if I started yeah. doing both, like it would just become so monotonous to the point where like, I'd be like, I'm stuck in the storm. I'm stuck in, I'm like, stuck. I hate all of these people. I hate everybody that I go to school with and I don't want to hate anything. Mm-hmm. But the minute that I start doing too much of anything, mm-hmm. I always say that that is yes. like the thing I stand here all the time. Too much of anything is so bad. Mm-hmm. But everyone is different. Some people find happiness in routine. Yeah. And some people find happiness in having the same routine for years. If that's you, find a routine you're happy with. And if you're stuck in a routine you hate, find a different one. Yeah. Like, you have to because you can't waste your life on that. Yeah. I mean, PTSD is... I feel like I have a really strange relationship with it Mm -hmm. because I'm not really traumatized really by anybody but myself. Mm. And a direct cause of shit that I've done that has gotten me there. Like I'm the opposite. Yeah. It just kept happening to me and I didn't know why. Yeah, no, I'm very much like... Hmm. Every new drug I try, I'm going to bring the worst group of people into my life. And then people would do shit to me. But it was a direct cause of me making mm-hmm. bad decisions with the groups of people I was bringing into my life. 
tbh yeah. for me it was shit i just couldn't help and yeah. i think to be honest those are two different situations oh, to yeah. talk about like yeah if shit's happening to you that you just cannot control like completely outside of your realm, realm. of control that'll make you feel trapped yeah like you were trapped in your own cycle yeah you, and you couldn't stop self-destructing i mean i still do it sometimes i am not mm-hmm. going to lie yeah like i didn't need to leave my last job but i did because i just you hated it i didn't i loved working there i loved the people there but i i just needed change that's fine and which is yeah and, and that's good that you know that about yourself because I think getting to know yourself will also help you yeah get out of it i need to start writing more yeah outside of um like the negative of you you need to know what makes you happy and you need to keep going for that i know like shit like this makes me happy is like fucking stressful as it is sometimes with like all the audio mm-hmm. stuff like that's why i got into the film program so i can yeah. know you know all right it's fucking hot in here and we gotta wrap the fuck yeah, up we got okay oh, oh my, my god. god okay what the hell <laughs> bro fucking trisha sometimes i'll be like that one was crisp as fuck wait like from if you guys don't know what we're doing it's um that girl from hereditary yeah. when she's like she got her head knocked off yeah l detected l detected decapitation detected that was such an l for her like imagine okay payment could never did you <laughs> <laughs> oh hell. plankton it's coming to die. die. Oh, I'm to come down. <laughs> Anyways, all right, um, we gotta. We gotta all right, wrap, wrap it up. up. Um, wrap it up. All right, yeah. So you guys can check out my website. Um, I'll leave it all in the link below. I'll leave all Trisha's information down there as well. I'll leave Mark's too if he wants. He's been here um, working real hard on yeah. some of his sketches and everything. But today was a long episode, and it's fucking 80 degrees in this building, probably. It's it's really hot. In here, yeah, Kat. like absurdly hot. Yeah. I'm sorry. There's urine over there. Because there's piss in this room all over the floor and shit. There's piss all my, over the my floor. My socks are wet. All right. We got to fucking go. Yeah, we I do. will see you guys in two Tuesdays. Thanks Bye. for listening. Bye.